Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Build Your Network, episode 126. Hey, this is Brian Jackson from Solsius and Cambio Training. If you want to learn how to develop leaders, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chapel. You have the ambition, the knowledge, and the experience, but still lack those relationships necessary for achieving true success. Welcome to Build Your Network, your guide to growing your inner circle, increasing your influence, and assisting others in reaching their goals. This is networking the way it should be, brought to you by your host, Travis Chappell. What is up and welcome to the one and only show that brings you tips and tricks on networking from the best experts around three days a week. Although they may not all be in the same field, every guest that comes on the show has one very important thing in common. They believe, as I do, that building relationships is crucial to achieving success in life. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but First, if you have not done this already, please go ahead and schedule a quick chat with me. I would love to talk with you sometime just for 10 or 15 minutes over the phone. Um, head on over to buildyournetwork.co forward slash FB. And in the pinned welcome post in the top of my Facebook group, you'll see a link that goes directly to my calendar. And there you can schedule a quick chat. I'd love to talk with you sometime. So I'll catch you there or I'll catch you in the Facebook group. And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Brian Jackson. Brian's background is in entrepreneurship, scaling business, creating strategic partnerships, public speaking, training, mentorship, and sales management. Most recently, Brian co-founded and became the president of sales of Solsius, the seventh largest residential solar company in the country. Solsius hired its first employee in 2013. And in just over three years, the business has grown to employ over 250 people, operate in six states, and be ranked in the top three best solar companies to work for, according to bestcompanies.com. 
Celsius has experienced unprecedented growth, increasing sales volume by more than 1,400% and now generates over eight figures of annualized revenue under Brian's leadership. Prior to Celsius, Brian served as the president and co-founder of Invictus Solar, opening markets throughout Northern and Southern California. Brian also acted as the vice president and directed Pinnacle Security's new product launch division, partnering with Sunrun Solar and Sprint's 4G internet service called Clear, where he opened and grew the business across 15 states, bringing in over 45,000 new customers. Brian, welcome to the show, man. Super excited to have you on. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what you're most excited about doing right now? Yeah, thank you. And I am excited about being here, Travis. And what I'm most excited about doing right now is just helping other people. So I feel like I'm, I'm in a point in my career where I've created businesses, I've run businesses, and now I really want to teach some of the skill set and things that I've learned to others and help create balance in their lives. So when I say help other people, I'm talking about help people in their, their finance, their entrepreneurship ability, really help people understand how to get better in you know, their mental acuity, their emotional intelligence, their health and fitness, their spirituality, their contribution all key areas of life to, to be able to create balance. So uh, I've created a training program in which we are doing that exact thing. It's called Cambio Training. That's what I'm most excited about right now. And also continuing to grow Solsius and take Solsius to the next level. We've doubled our size just in the past year alone and continue to grow. So those are the things that create the most excitement for me right now. Awesome, man. And there's so much to pick apart here. So let's go back to the beginning because I love hearing people's stories, how you got started with all of this. I assume this wasn't something when you were in high school that you were like, man, you know what I really want to do? Door-to-door sales. I think that would be awesome. So like, walk me through that. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because my niece just was married this past weekend and she's young. She's about 20. So she had quite a few friends at the wedding and we had a chance to get to know each other and quite a few of them are in college right now. And they're going and they're taking their general education. They said, we have no clue what it is that we want to do. Mm-hmm. I shared with them, you know, when I was in college, the first couple years, I really didn't know either. I was getting through my generals. I probably switched my idea of what I wanted to do four times. I remember wanting to be a pilot. There was a time where I wanted to be an elementary principal. And then really when I was ending my bachelor's degree, I thought for sure I was going to be an attorney. I was married all through school. My father-in-law was an attorney and I thought that was really the ticket. I wanted yeah. to impress my wife. I wanted to impress my family. So that, that was the direction I was thinking. Uh, quickly learned after working at a law firm that that was not for me. <laughs> and still trying to figure out really what I wanted to do. I went back to school. <laughs> Somehow you think that's the answer. But if you go get more school, then you really, you'll understand what it is that right, you want. Right. Let's get into more debt. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So I went back and I got an MBA. And then after I getting my MBA, I went into business. I started okay. as a marketing manager for a company that, that was a large company. We had probably 300 employees. Mm-hmm. And you know the monotony of the nine to five set in for me probably about after eight to 10 months being at that business. I was working behind a computer every day, doing mostly the same thing day in and day out. And I, and I, I thought, man, you know, I'm growing up, I was always an athlete and I wanted to better myself. And I felt like I'm kind of stuck. I looked up the corporate ladder. The person I was reporting to had been with the business for 10 plus years. And he reported directly to the CEO. And so I felt a little bit like there's no chance for me to move up in this company. Right. Had a friend who had started his own business and was quite successful making three times what I was making. And, And I decided to take the risk. I quit my job and went and became an entrepreneur. And there's a big story that goes into that that I'm not getting into, but quit my job, became an entrepreneur. 
And really, that's where I would say my education began. When I started hiring people, at first, it was a sales and marketing company. It was a call center. Okay. And I hired 40 to 50 people. And we were selling vacation ownership programs over the phone. And, and I just learned at that time, the most important asset and skill set that I could develop was how to work well with other people, how to manage people, how to get them to perform. And that, that, like I said, that's where my real education began. I grew that business. Eventually, that business was absorbed by Pinnacle Security. And that's where you mentioned door-to-door. Pinnacle Security absorbed that business. They had me become their VP of their new launch division and started into solar. Started first into clear wireless 4G internet and then into solar and then grew from there. Wow. So, yeah, long story. But man, I did not think growing up that... I mean, sales, I didn't even understand really what that meant. Right. I thought to be successful, it meant going and getting a college education. So I did yeah. that, but ended up becoming an entrepreneur and not really needing it. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. So how do you feel about that? If you're talking to a young person now, is it something that you're like, hey, just figure out what you want to do? It's for some people. It's not for some people. How do you feel about the whole college idea? Well, I, I know that the I love my college years and I don't regret them at all. I mean, I went to Utah State. I played college football up there. It's where I met my wife and I made a a lot of really good friends. I know the saying is that when you go to school, you really learn how to learn. Hmm. And that's true. You do learn, you know, a work ethic and you put in this amount of effort, this amount of time, and you'll get this amount of results from that. You also make a lot of connections throughout college, a lot of friendships, deep friendships that last lifetimes. So I don't regret it. But I would, will tell people, and I'm just being completely honest, there's a lot of courses that you're going to take that you'll never end up using. 
Mm-hmm. You know, when I was going through my general education, I was required to have a music course, an anthropology course, biology. And I, for me, I ended up not using any of those things. That was interesting facts and things to learn. Yeah, yeah. But it's not something I really use today. So the biggest benefit I think that you get from going to school is you really learn how to learn and you learn how to interact with other people. Got it. Got it. So was it a situation where you had to go get a student loans and stuff like that as well? No, it wasn't. Unfortunately, like I said, I played college football. So okay. I had a full ride scholarship that yeah. helped me pay for my schooling. Now, with that said, I think one other key aspect that I left out that I learned in my college years was how to budget mm-hmm. because of the college football scholarship that I had, I had $500 a month that I was allowed to live off of. Okay. And I was married. So it was, Hey, go find the cheapest apartment that you could and right. ramen noodles. And, you know, we never ate out. It was always at home and it was doing everything we could to save money. So you learn how to really budget yourself too. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of good takeaways then from your college experience. Yeah. Loved it. Love Utah State. Still a massive supporter and fan to this day. Yeah, I assume so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, really cool. Really cool. So you start into Pinnacle and launch basically an internet program. Right. Yes. Yeah, so, so this would be around 2007, 2008. Okay. At that time, you know, cell phones are now getting a mobile service that are attached to them, but everything's on a 3G speed. So if you can imagine, you, you know, when you have your cell phone today and you're in a bad reception area and it's on 3G and you're like, this is horrible. Yeah. It's a That's, nightmare. It's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. That's how everything was like back at that time. So mm-hmm. Pinnacle partnered with a company called Clear. Mm-hmm. Clear was a conglomeration of Sprint and a company called Clearwire, and they brought to market the first 4G mobile internet service. Okay. And that service was both for home internet as well as mobile devices. And so when Pinnacle was solicited by Clear to go and sell their product, they asked me to become their VP of that new launch division. I took my family up to Portland, Oregon, and this is where I got really my first education into door-to-door selling. They said, just go and figure it out. So I went up there by myself, got a little tiny office and started putting out some ads on Craigslist, recruiting some guys and and a team and went out and started knocking doors, selling mobile internet door to door and really tried to learn the pitch on the go and figure it out. Yeah. And a great experience though. I ended up loving Portland, Oregon, thought the place was just beautiful. Mm -hmm. And in three months, we became Clear's number one channel partner, number one dealer. Wow. And Pinnacle loved the success. And they said, Brian, we need you now to start duplicating yourself. So I literally packed up, moved from Portland, Oregon, and moved down to Dallas, Texas, and did the same thing over again. Then went to Houston, Texas, did the same thing over again. Then up to Baltimore and Chicago and continued to grow market by market until at the end of about a year and a half, we had 45,000 customers. I was on the road usually about five to six days a week doing that. That's insane, first of all. (laughs) So second of all, so with door-to-door mobile internet, man, that's such a a weird concept. How long was that sustainable for door-to-door mobile internet? Like, is that something that still exists? Because I've been in door-to-door industry for, you know, five, six years now, and I've seen a lot of different products. And that is one that I've definitely never thought about trying. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny you asked that question because it did not sustain long-term. And the reason was, is because we outsold the technology. Hmm. So the, the way that this mobile internet worked is that you could have a home modem and the signal was coming from a cell phone tower to that home modem. You would just simply plug it into the wall and it would light up just like your cell phone does and tells you you have between one to four bars of signal. 
and you plug an Ethernet cord right into your computer. They also have Wi-Fi modems and things like that, and you have internet signal. Yeah. Great news is we'd sell one home on the street and their internet was blazing fast. But the more successful we were, when we went out and we sold more homes, all that bandwidth from that cell phone tower started to be taken up ah. and the internet would start to slow down. So as I just said, 45,000 customers in a year and a half, right. we the technology and we got that call that I don't think any sales organization would want to get where Clear called us and said, hey, we need you guys to stop selling. We can't fulfill the, yeah. the technology's not working. And so we, that, at that point, that's where I feel like entrepreneurs, sales leaders, things like that, if you have a challenge, you can either give up or you got to look for, you got to adapt. And at that time we adapted and we looked into solar. And in 2009, we launched the solar division for the company. So how would you compare your experience door to door versus your college experience in terms of learning and like real time education? Well, I, I talk about it's where my education really began. As I shared in, in college, I learned how to learn and I did learn a lot of things about a lot of things that I will probably never use. <laughs> yeah. But when I was going out door to door, I mean, the first thing that I learned is how to overcome fear of rejection, right? I mean, if you're going door to door selling, you're going to be rejected day in and day out. And you're going to have to learn how to get through some of those objections and, mm -hmm. and, and rejection. And so it's scary. You also learn how to present yourself and communicate in a clear and concise manner and really how to build relationships. Yeah. And so I truly do feel like communication skills, leadership skills, the ability to recruit. If there was a university that focused on just that, then you'd have a lot more successful people out there. And that's really what I learned through my door-to-door -door experience. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much stuff there that I've taken into all aspects of my life. Communication being very high up on that list, just being able to read people, being able to meet somebody for the first time that doesn't know you, that has a wall up because you're knocking on their door and then become like actual friends with them and get invited to their barbecue next weekend. Like if there, there's so many different lessons to learn. If, if you're listening to this and you're trying to figure out what exactly you want to do, I highly recommend doing some door-to-door -door sales. Just it helps you so much with all the different skill sets and stuff that you'll learn from it. And, and Brian is definitely a testament to that. So going forward here, Brian, you get the call that clears uh, division of the cell phone coverage stuff is basically going to go away. Right. So now you start looking into solar. What time frame was this? And what did that process look like? So, you know, obviously when, when uh, you get that call, it's not a good call, like I said before. So this would have been back in 2009, early 2009. And, you know, the leadership at Pinnacle, myself, we said there's got to be something else out there to sell. And that's where solar was, the idea of solar first came up. And so what I did is I took my top leaders that I'd met and acquired through Clear. So that's another key thing is, is those relationships that you build and that mm -hmm. I had built, I took those with me and I took my top leaders and we went down to Southern California. We partnered with Sunrun okay. and we became their very first door-to-door -door company that they worked with. At the time, Sunrun, and I don't know how much you know about the solar industry, but Sunrun's one of the largest, if not the largest player in the residential solar space today. Mm -hmm. At that time, I mean, they were doing less than 500 solar jobs a year. So wow. they were not very big. We went down to Southern California. And again, it was, hey, let's go figure out a new product and see what we can do to make it work. And so with these leaders, we went out and started knocking and figured out a pitch and figured out how to really relate to people and sell it. And, 
we were, we ended up doing about 700 customers in about a six month time frame, which was big numbers. I uh, had some challenges on the fulfillment side, but we were able to definitely sell at a very high level. Yeah. And was this just called Pinnacle Solar or what was the name yep. of the company? Yeah. Pinnacle. Pinnacle Solar Division. And it's funny because, you know, Pinnacle, most people knew them as a security company. Yeah. And they did have a side, you know, like you heard about Clear and now Solar. They really kept that aloof and kept that separate from all their security personnel. They, most of them okay. didn't even know they had that division. And when I say they had that division, I mean, really what it was is it was me and the leaders that I had recruited right. going out and creating that for them. Right. And I had a partner and a buddy that worked with Pinnacle, a guy named Todd Swallow that I have a lot of respect for. And so he and I together were the ones that really helped launch these different programs with Clear and also now Solar. Yeah. It was good. It was great. Just out of curiosity, what part of Southern California were you guys in? We were in... <laughs> I love these questions because it brings back such funny memories. So yeah. I'm from Utah, right? So I don't understand and, and know the Southern California market. We were told to go down and sell just told that, that the hot area was around LA, Orange County, that the Inland Empire, because the temperature was hotter there would be great. Mm-hmm. And so uh, one of the guys who was from down there, we said, hey, let's really focus the Inland Empire. We, we'll, we'll probably be able to be successful. And, and just really leaned on him and said, what would be a great area to, to start the office? And he said, well, there's a city right in the middle called Moreno Valley. And so uh, we set up our little office right in Moreno Valley because we wanted to be able to get to Hemet, we wanted to be able to get to Riverside, we wanted to be able to get into Corona and then into Orange County. And I later learned that Moreno Valley was probably not the best place for an <laughs> office. Uh, so we moved about a year later to Corona, but started off in Moreno Valley. That's funny. So I started door-to-door solar when I was a sophomore, junior in college in oh, wow. Southern California. I think I was 19 or 20 at the time. And it was for a Sunrun dealer called Varengo, which oh, yeah. you're very familiar with being yeah. a direct competitor. <laughs> so yeah, it's really interesting just because for people listening, Varengo was also a Sunrun dealer and uh, did a lot of business for Sunrun back in the day. And that's, that's kind of how I got my start in door-to-door. So it's so funny just to like talk to people and realize how small of a world it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Okay. So now you have this partnership with Sunrun, you start putting in some volume. At what point is Solsius come out of this? Yeah. So really where Solsius was born and I love Sunrun. I love the people that were there. One of the challenges that I mentioned was because we weren't able to get things fulfilled in a timely manner. Now that you've been in solar, you'll understand some of these timelines. They partnered us up with some of the largest fulfillment companies in the country. We were partnered with Helio Power, Peterson Dean, REC Solar, who Sunrun later acquired. Mm-hmm. And really, we didn't have any direct relationship with the installers. Sunrun okay. was just the financier in that relationship. Mm-hmm. And so when we would go out and we would sell a project, Sunrun would then take that project, they would give it to the installer, and then they would order a first what's called a site survey or a site assessment of the home. Mm-hmm. And that would take about a month from the time that we sold the account till the site survey was done. Wow, And then from the time I would say to sign the agreement to the time that the solar system was actually installed on someone's home was about seven months on average. Oh my goodness. Actually turned on, we were looking a little over a year. So it was a long, long time frame. And I think they were at the time, because it was new to them, they just weren't used to, and granted Sunrun didn't have installers in house, but there was no real urgency on speed. We were working mostly with uh, roofing companies. And so... That caused a lot of frustration with our sales reps, caused a lot of frustration with us because we had higher attrition. 
people would call us up. I remember getting phone calls from customers saying, hey, I'm excited about my solar system that you sold to me four months ago. I just haven't heard anything. Can you give me an update? <laughs> and so I would get on the phone and I would call my account manager, account rep at Sunrun and say, hey, the, this D Johnson just called me and asked for an update on his system. And they would say, well, we actually look like we canceled him because we tried to schedule a meeting for his site audit and he didn't return our call. Because you have a whole lot <laughs> that's expecting something that's going to happen and they had already canceled the customer. So it was, it was a poor experience. And so again, we were in a position where you can either, you can adapt, you can right. learn from some of the failures that are happening and improve, or you can continue to just try to, to battle. And, and that's what we decided at the time, hey, there is not a company out there today that needs to fulfill at the rate and speed that our sales guys and our sales teams and these, these sales companies need. And so uh, that's where we created Solcius. So just a funny story how it happened. I mean, literally, I get a phone call from Kelly Walker, who was the CEO of Pinnacle, asked for me to come into his office. Mm-hmm. I go into his office, and we've been battling through the Sunrun experience now for about a year and a half, trying to make sure that it was going to work. And he said, hey, the company is being acquired or merging with a company called DevCon Security. And the board has decided that we're going to focus on security. That's going to be our, more, our main forte moving forward. So we're going to shut down the solar division. I've never been fired from anything in my life, but I'm yeah. literally sitting in that seat feeling like I'm getting fired. Yeah. And he said, hey, we would like you to come on and be a regional, one of our regionals for security, if you're willing to do that. And I paused and I had Todd, who was my buddy with me at the time. And we said, you know what? We really believe in solar. We feel like it's going to get better. Yeah, we yeah. believe in the product. We see that it's, it's being accepted well. We're not giving up. Well, I've been an entrepreneur. We're going to do this on our own. And he said, okay, I want to wish you the best of luck. We leave the office. Short time after, we get a text from Kelly and he said, hey, would you like to meet up? I'd like to discuss a potential partnership. So we meet up at a little uh, local restaurant and he offered a financial support to be an investor in our company because he nice. believed in it too. Yeah, they yeah. probably believed in you guys too. Yeah, and I think just showing that, hey, we weren't willing to give up and we believed in the product enough that we we're going to go out and do it on our own. And, and so yeah. he invests in us and we formed a partnership and we created a company called Invictus Solar and started to grow that business where we were still a Sunrun partner mm-hmm. for a short time. And then we also partnered with a company called CPF. Clean Power and, Finance. Yeah, and started selling for them. And then we decided again, that if we were going to make this work, we needed to go all in. So probably the best sell that I've ever made in my life is I sold Kelly Walker on joining me and partnering with me 100% all in. And that's where we created Solcius together. And the main intent for Solcius was to become the best in class fulfillment company that would partner with sales companies like Invictus and form that partnership where we understood the importance of direct sales, the, the direct salesman experience, all those things. And that's the culture, that's the environment, that's the company we've created. And, and Solcius has since grown leaps and bounds and continues to grow every single year. So that's how it was started. And so Kelly Walker is my partner today, and he and I founded the company together. Wow. That's an incredible story, man. There's so, so many things to take away from that. But Probably the coolest thing, like what you were talking about, and this ties perfectly into the theme of the show, is the relationship that you were cultivating with Kelly Walker the whole time that you were working together. And then 
seeing an opportunity, seizing that opportunity, and then convincing him that this was a good vehicle to get you to where you guys wanted to go. Can you talk about how crucial it was to be able to build that relationship with him and get him on board? Yeah, well, obviously, it wouldn't have happened without it. Hmm. We would not have Solcius today if it wasn't for Kelly Walker. Today, he acts as the CEO. He provided the seed capital to get the company started. Mm-hmm. And so something nice about that, because Kelly, being in the position that he was, Solcius today has zero debt. Wow. We don't have a board that oversees us. We're completely profitable. We're very profitable. As I shared, we continue to grow. We're now in six states and our volume, can, we do, we've doubled just this year. But Kelly has been an extremely good leader motivator, trainer. He's got an operational mind like nobody I've ever met before and is so detail-oriented and process-oriented and has been able to, to help me in seeing that. And so that partnership that, that we have, because really my role is overseeing all of the sales, the dealers, and the partners that we have. And together, our partnership, our relationship really makes the company work. Yeah. And so, yeah, that relationship... I would have never dreamed when I first started with Pinnacle that that would have happened coming over and running the new launch division. Really at that time, I hardly ever even talked with Kelly, didn't even know him. But through the solar experience, he started getting more involved. I was able to cultivate, like you said, that relationship. And then we partnered with me at Invictus as our financial partner to continue to work well together develop the relationship to go all in and create Solcius. So I'm curious to hear your answer to this question. This is one that I ask everybody on the show and involves everything that you're talking about. So I'm curious to hear what we have to say about it. Do you believe, Brian, that what you know or who you know is more important and why? <laughs> I'm going to answer that. I think it's a combination of both. Hmm. I do believe that who you know is extremely important. But if you don't have a knowledge or a skill set, the what you know, the who you know, it's harder to develop and cultivate that relationship and to see the benefit in working together. So I do believe that who you know is extremely important. So so, important. So if I were to put your feet to the fire and say, hey, I want you to choose one in the context of somebody listening to this right now, like, hey, this year to the rest of 2018, I'm going to really double down on my skill set or I'm going to really double down on cultivating relationships with people that are better than me so that my skill set can improve by being around them. Which of those two things do you think that they should focus on? <laughs> I like how you shape that question. <laughs> I always believe you should be working on yourself. I believe you should be working harder on yourself than anybody else. But yeah. I, if you're putting my feet to the fire, I think that cultivating relationships is the most important. Hmm. And the reason I say that is because I believe that people are the most valuable asset that any company can have. Yeah, It's the most valuable asset that I can have. It's good friendships and good relationships because at the end of the day, what else do you have? And so... I think to cultivate those relationships, though, you really have to help other people understand that they are the most important and treat them as such. Yeah. And also help them to see what their value, their true value is. And as a result, you continue to cultivate some good relationships and it does help you. So thank you for putting my feet to the fire. <laughs> I obviously believe both are important. Yeah. But yeah, totally. yeah. I think those relationships are extremely important. Yeah. When I started the show, I used to just like let people say whatever on that one. And I, I started getting a lot of boats, but because I believe that that obviously you have to have both. You know what I mean? Like you can't, Absolutely. you can't just be like a complete numb nuts. You know what I mean? Like you have to be competent. You have to have skill sets. You have to work on yourself and improve on yourself. Just always seem to find that 
if you just get around the right people, that what seems to just naturally raise, even if you're not even like consciously putting effort into it. It's just getting around those. You're, I mean, like Jim Rohn always says, you know, it's the average of you're the average of the five people you hang out with. And I've just found that to be so true. So nowadays, I always ask for, hey, just give me one of them. I, I need a, a choice. Yeah. Now, you have obviously done a, a killer job, which is something that I really respect about what you've been able to do at building teams. It's such a valuable skill set to be able to build teams of people that are congruent, that are on the same path, that have the same objective in mind. And it, it really is uh, says says a lot about your leadership ability and your ability to build those teams. You've done it in your business several, it sounds like. And then you've also been able to cultivate relationships with people like Kelly that you're talking about. So do you think that you should separate a business or professional relationship and a personal relationship? Or do you think it's just all about building relationships and being friends with people? And then the people that you're in business with, you just happen to share that common interest. I think the best relationships are able to have a bit of both where you work together and you enjoy working together. So you can have a relationship outside of work too, a friendship relationship. That's what I've seen. You know, you asked the question, I've been successful at building teams. I think part of the reason that is, is because I really try to cultivate leaders Mm. within my teams. And so something just unique, I'll just tell you that we do at Solsius, and I feel like I have a very close relationship with every one of my VPs Mm -hmm. that oversee multiple teams underneath them. Each week we get together and we do our sales leadership meeting. Mm -hmm. But part of that meeting is, is that we read a book every single week. You know, the the top CEOs read 48 books on average per year. So we read a book a week, we get together as a team and we review the book and we talk about the principles that are taught in that book together. And we talk about how we're going to apply that to the leadership of our teams and the leadership at Solsius. And what I've seen as a result that has happened with that is that we get real with each other. We have deep conversations where everybody knows the other person very well and where they're coming from. And as a result, I have better leaders. I have better leaders that create great culture within the organizations that they run. Right. And then we enjoy hanging out together after work. I just went to Maui with Jared Hallows, who's one of my VPs this past January and, and went with he and his wife and had an incredibly fun experience in develop, developing that relationship. Did the same thing. Or I, you know, I go down whenever I travel and I go out and I'm training, I typically stay with the guys that, that are my leaders so that I can really get to know their family and where it is that they're coming from. So I believe that a great coworker can also be a great friend. Man, that's a fantastic way to segue this conversation into the last round here. That's a good thing to leave in people's minds. Sounds like I need to be one of your VPs, bro. I've been in that way. We'd love it. I, we're, we're, uh, we're, you'd be, we'd challenge you, but you would definitely, your leadership skills would be developed. And not all, you're already a great leader. I can tell that just by speaking with you today. I can see that in you. And we have fun together, for sure, learning together. That's so awesome. I love that. The culture is so, so, so important with stuff like that. All right, let's go ahead and move on here to something I like to call the random round. Just a few really quick random questions with some quick random answers. You ready? Ready. This is the random round. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? Public speaking and mentorship. If you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? I would say John Stockton. Hmm. Yes. And, and the reason John Stockton, he was my hero growing up. To me, I've seen that he's also an incredibly good family man. So he's obviously dedicated to what he did in athletics, but he's an incredibly good family man. Yeah. And I admire that in him. Yeah. Poor Utah just got kicked out though. 
Yes, he did. <laughs> that was frustrating to see. But guess what? John Stockton was at every home game watching his boy sit on the bench. Yeah. I think that's awesome. That he oh, yeah. Sports knowing that his son's not even going to get in the game. Yeah. He's there. Totally. And he's actually just sitting right in the middle of the fans, too, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That is really cool. He's one of the greats and you guys have a bright future ahead of you with Donovan Mitchell, a couple of those other guys. So there you go. You always got next year. <laughs> How do you like to consume content, books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, or videos? Audiobooks. When it comes to audible is one of my best friends. It okay. helps you get through books quickly. And it has some, some pretty cool features like a, a note where you can go back and let, re-listen to the section and add a note to it. Podcasts I absolutely love. And the reason I love listening to podcasts is because you'll get great authors, speakers that write an incredible book. But typically when you listen to a podcast and then being interviewed, you're getting who they really are. Right. And you're getting the truth to the, 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 to the questions that they're being asked. And so I, I love listening to podcasts. That'd be so audio books and podcasts for sure. What's a podcast that you listen to pretty frequently that you'd recommend? Lewis House, School of Greatness. It's an awesome one. I actually went through a training program this past year that Lewis had attended. And mm-hmm. I didn't know who he was, but he's had the ability to go out and interview some of the top entrepreneurs, performers, and go-getters in the country. And you get exactly what it is that I'm talking about. The real authentic truth to what it is that they know. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of the best for sure. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. It's very important to me. I'm up by 4.30 in the morning, usually about 4.15 actually. 4.15 I'm up. And first thing that I do is I do a a morning meditation session that usually lasts about 20 to 25 minutes. Hmm. After the morning meditation session, I will uh, fix some breakfast and listen to audible content. Usually for me, it's the scriptures because I like to get uh, some spirituality in the morning. So I listen to the scriptures on on an audio format while I'm making breakfast. And then I head to the gym. I'm at the gym typically no later than about 5.30. And then I'll work out for two solid hours till 7.30. I've been taking my son with me because he's getting big into... He wants to be better at sports and that. So he and I go together every morning. On the way to the gym, I'm learning the Spanish language. So I listen to Pimsler's Spanish course. I'm listening to Spanish, teaching me Spanish on the way there and on the way back, which uh, the gym for me is about a 25-minute drive. So it takes a little time to get there. Nice. I drop him off at school, come back, get cleaned up, showered, ready. I always plan out my day the night before. Mm-hmm. I make sure that I get that done. And I try to plan out my day to the half hour, every half hour. And I do it based on the goals that I have for the year. I try to delegate as much as I can as well. So by the time I'm done showering, my plan from the previous night that I've already set up is now taking effect. That's a typical morning routine for me. Win tomorrow today. Yeah, I love that. What is your go-to pump-up song? That's going to be Eye of the Tiger by Rocky, for sure. Yes. Come on now. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> what is something? I guess it's by Survivor, but from the yeah. Rocky soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows it's from Rocky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is something that you are not very good at? Skill set that I get to work on and develop would be my organizational skills. Hmm. That's what I get to work on. Very good with people, but that's something I get to work on. As we get everything wrapped up here, Brian, what is one place online where we'll be able to find you the most? You can go to cambiotraining.com. That's my website for my new personal development company that is giving back after the entrepreneurship that I've done. I've got a YouTube channel where I actually do a lot of podcasts that you can listen to as well. Uh, Cambio Training is all you'd have to search up on YouTube to find that. 
and also on SoundCloud, Cambio Training. Those are the best places to find me online. Perfect. So if you want to learn more about Brian from Brian, head over to cambiotraining.com and uh, start consuming some of the content that he's putting out there. He's obviously doing insanely well with his business and now is trying to give back. So let him give back to you. Go consume some of that content he's putting out there and some of the best that you'll find. Brian, thanks so much for coming to the show today, man. Had a fantastic time talking with you. Thank you, Travis. Appreciated it. Thank you very much. That's all for this episode of Build Your Network. Your next step is to visit byn.media slash FB to join in on our Facebook group for more personal engagement, proven strategies and tactics to reach your ultimate goals. That's byn.media forward slash FB. Remember, you're only one connection away. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.